0: Hi everyone, and welcome to the Big To Do podcast. My name is Nitin. I'm your host, and with me, I have, as always, Chitali Gumaste, our CEO and chief wedding planner, and Annie Stewart, our COO and another one of our wedding planners. Today, we're going to talk about locations, and this is kind of a big one because this is really at the heart of making your event a success. There are several considerations that go into choosing a venue making sure it's the right one for you, making sure that it's going to serve you in the best way possible. And to discuss this in greater detail, I'm going to hand things over to Annie. So Annie, take it away.
1: Thanks, Nitin. Um, so there are, like Nitin was saying, there are a lot of things you need to consider when talking about a location. Um, obviously, budget is always your first one. That's going to kind of give you the framework in which you have to work in finding your venue. But there are other things you need to think about. Sometimes it's very important for you to have a view or a landmark. Especially in our New York, New Jersey area, we have so many beautiful views around the city. Some people really want to take advantage of that. And so we definitely encourage you to go out there. Even if a place may be outside of your budget, go visit. That's the whole point of it's your wedding. Have fun. Because you may decide once you get to a venue, you might like the location and the ambiance so much, you maybe will use that money for the venue as opposed to a decorator.
2: Yeah, in every venue, it's like if you have a certain theme going for your uh, wedding then some of the venues speaks to your theme. Like if you want a, like an outdoorsy wedding, then yeah, you need to look at the venue that provides that charm for you. And there's so many venues that can do both. Uh, like you can have something inside and something outside if you have multiple events going and you want to have different theme going for all your events.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So while budget plays a huge part in this, You need to make sure the location is right for you. If you find a place you absolutely love, but it might be a little outside of your budget, stick with it.
0: So what else? What are the other factors uh, you should think about? Um,
1: Some other factors you really need to think about also is the accessibility for your guests. Is it easy for them to get to? Are there subways nearby? Are there places for them to park their cars when they get there?
0: Even the airport, if even, they're coming from from out of town.
1: Absolutely. Even the airport. Or, or is it easier to arrange transportation for them from a hotel to a venue? That's always a possibility. But you want to make sure, especially your guests from out of town, you want to make sure that they can easily access your venue.
2: And at the same time, if you're taking care of all the expenses, you want to make sure that you're still staying under the budget. So, you want to make sure the venue in the hotel, if the venue is different from your hotel you're staying, is still within a range or the miles where it's easy. If you're calling an Uber, if you're having a private transportation company take care of all the transportation needs for you, you need to make sure that it is not too far because they do charge you by mile in the distance at times and number of trips they have to make. So you need to make sure that all those things you think about prior to deciding the venue. And venue is really important if you do have a lot of people handicapped. Now, like with handicapping, you need to make sure that the location and the venue is friendly, uh, where you can move around easily and, and makes it easier for you for that day, for your guests, and of course, for you guys as well.
1: Yes, and most venues are ADA accessible. However, some venues that we've looked at, they do have balcony dressing suites for bride suites and groom suites. So those would be places where it may not necessarily be easy for um, somebody even on crutches or anything like that to get to. So that's always something to keep in the back of your head. Even if you don't know offhand that you may need wheelchair accessible, always ask and see where those places are because most of your venues will be able to accommodate. You just want to know where that is.
0: Now, you know, and of course, the other the other considerations you will probably get to is, you know, how large your guest list is. Um, I don't know, what else? What else should one think about in choosing a venue?
2: Parking, of course, is one. Then, of course, yes, you're right about the guest size. Like, some of the venues may not be able to accommodate so more than 300 people. Then you need to make sure of that. You need to make sure that you know sort of your guest count. You don't need to know 100%, but you still need to be, like, within the 50 guests can like uh, the ballpark in that a uh, nod more than 50 because every venue has a threshold uh, and you don't want to overcrowd it otherwise at the end of the day it is your event and it will look ugly you don't want that you don't want to think that your event is just like a crowd filler you want to make sure it, it's a smooth event where you can see it. it should be where you can differentiate the tables like you, sh- you should be able to see it not just the people
0: so these are questions that you of course need to be thinking about yourself when you assess venues either you're doing your research online or you're actually making a site visit where you're you're looking at every aspect of the venue itself and making a judgment call based on that. Of course the other aspect of that is making sure you're also talking to representatives at that location, providing them with all the right information, asking them all the questions that come to mind, but also making sure that they're asking you the questions you expect to be asked.
1: Absolutely. A lot of um, venues will also have perks that come with them, Um, especially in the New York area. Some of the banquet halls, they're going to have built-in caterers and decorators. So you always want to make sure you're asking, what are you getting
2: for your price? And also, like, you want to make sure that, you know, if you're paying so much, you want to ask for the venue if they have assigned a butlers for the bride and the groom. And uh, you want to make sure that, you know, how long you have them because they do have certain hours that they're available for you. How many hours are they there for? What kind of detail? What kind of services are they going to provide? What else stuff they're going to take care of? Okay, if they have to do something outside that is not listed or it's not part of the duty, how willing they are to go above and beyond that extra mile for you. Those are the details you should ask for. But those are details that comes to you, but you need to ask the right questions. And if they are not mentioning it, you need to make sure that it's important that, okay, if you paying the X amount of dollars to them, you want to make sure that they include that as part of your package as a complimentary service at times. And some venues will will be willing to do that for you.
0: Right. So that speaks to assessing a location or assessing a venue on its merits. Now, let's talk about when you're there, you're actually doing the walk around. Uh, The representative from from that venue is actually showing you everything. The next thing you need to start doing is painting a picture in your head, imagining that you're actually doing your event there, that your wedding is happening there in that instant. The first thing that comes to mind is decor. What's the environment going to look like? What the atmosphere is going to be? What the colors are? What the sounds are? What the lighting fixtures are? I, I'm just I'm just going off you know a few things here that come to mind. But when you think about potential, Annie, what do you what do you think uh, is a good list of items to consider?
1: Well, the first thing that usually crosses my mind, I look up. I want to look at the ceilings. I want to look at the chandeliers and see kind of what's up on the ceiling and make sure that it's hopefully pretty. It's not just you know, a boring ceiling. We like to see pretty ceilings. But also what we like to check is ceiling height. We do a lot of South Asian inspired weddings that require a Mundup setup, which usually has pillars and columns and these huge set pieces that are going to need a pretty good amount of ceiling height to be able to cover.
0: For something like for a a Mundup style setup, how high is the ceiling and how high is the whole Mundup setup itself?
1: I think the smallest height mandap setup we've seen is about eight feet. Yes, and that's
2: cutting it close. Yes, and it and it's and it could go taller or higher. Uh, it depends on what kind of design you want to have or you want for your mandap. And mandap is if people it's for the guests who do not know what mandaps are, mandaps are a gathering area where bride and group exchange their vows. They do everything ceremonial with the priest, uh, and it's considered to be the most sacred location within that venue for them to exchange. Indian weddings are very much into the auspicious timings and that is considered a very auspicious setup there because the bride and groom uh, it's sort of a unity for it's unites two families together and that is where it happens. So the decor and certain things that goes along with that mandap is where it's it's a need it's a necessity it's part of the rituals. So, and and the height matters. Everybody wants a different thing. Like some people want chandeliers and stuff. Some people want simple, but every design is different. So you always have to make sure the ceilings are, are there. The venue itself, the ballroom is tall enough for to provide that certain look that you want for your day. Uh, the other thing that people need to take into consideration is where would a DJ
1: booth possibly be? Some places will have stages set up on the side for a DJ booth. Other people will have them just... They will always have them usually off to the side of the room, but where is a big issue. Sometimes people will want them set up right in front of doors because they don't have any other place to put them. There will still be access to emergency exits, but that may not be the look
2: that you wanted. So always ask, where do the DJs normally set up? And you always want to make sure that you have to your room layout. With selecting a venue, you do need to be aware of certain aspects of picking a venue. It's, of course, the decor, the mandap height uh, or the decor you want, even if a stage, like how tall the backdrop you want uh, it to be. Like, do you want like a value fact where you want to cover the entire wall with the amazing decor? Then, of course, you need to have the height uh, that goes along with it. You also need to make sure how how is that venue, the ballroom is set up. Like, what is the width of that? And is it like uh, vertical or it's horizontal or how is that set up? Because if it's if it's set up like in a vertical way, then you may be okay. But if it's done in a horizontal way where you don't have that much gap between your where the aisle starts and to the stage or the mandap area, Well, and if you're a DJ person, it's going to be right across you. You do not want to make it seem like they're sitting in your lap at that point because you want to keep that distance. You want to keep an appropriate distance between the mandap, your guest, and your DJ. Because if the more close they are, that means even they are very loud as well with the speakers. That means people cannot pay attention. Or focus to what's going on in the ritual wise. If they want to follow those rituals, and even if they want to have a conversation with somebody sitting next to them, they want to, You want to make sure that they are, everybody can hear everybody. Like you want to make sure it's a f- smooth flow, not too loud, and you still have enough breathing room for all your things that's going on in that day, including your gift table, your DJ. You have your mandap, You have your guest. You have your food, everything. Like you just need to make sure that it's, de- it's designed properly and it will look properly. So those are details that a wedding planner will do for you. So whenever you do your site visits, make sure to take your wedding planner with you because they know what what should it should look like. And that day they will have a proper idea and they will guide you through that. Okay, you know what? This menu may not be ideal for you because they will know what exactly you want and they will guide you through
0: and save a lot of time in the process.
2: Yeah. And and they will even know ahead of time that when you know that if they understand that exactly what you're looking for, they will. if they have already seen that venue, they will even tell you, you know what, guess what? This venue is not going to work for you. Let me suggest this other venue, which will be excellent for you.
0: Yeah, uh, totally. Uh, so we talk about the venue, of course, but then that venue is being used uh, in many cases for multiple purposes. So it's common to have a wedding ceremony and a reception after that. Uh, Oftentimes they might be in the same space uh, and you want to make sure that the place is configured as far as your needs are concerned um, to, to accomplish both. Um, So Annie, what else should we be thinking about as far as that's concerned? Uh,
1: Yeah. So depending on how many guests you're bringing, if you have a, a wedding and reception in the same room, your biggest concern with your venue is that if there's not a lot of time in between, that that venue has some other room, some place to have like a cocktail hour or to be able to house all of your guests while that change is happening. And that is something that a lot of people
2: don't think about, shockingly. Yeah, and you also need to make sure that your venue is has good access for all the other vendors to bring their equipment as well. Some of the venues don't provide like service elevators and stuff like that. So you need to make sure that that is, it's there. And if it's not, and you're still picking that venue, you need to make sure that you have proper, like when it comes to you making your timelines and stuff, that is something that we, of course, will talk more about on different episodes of our podcast, but something you should be aware of. Because when you're looking at the venue, you need to make sure you're understanding your, your all your events. If you have like events literally back to back, And not have any time, that could be a potential issue that day off. And people cannot get to things on time because we have that issue of having access issue with elevators or even service elevators or even bringing decor or bringing food or anything that to the venue and break it down and set it up again for your other events.
0: Right. Um, you know, we were talking about chandeliers before, um, and I want to touch on a on another related topic, which is lighting as a as a concept in general now you know annie you're you've been a photographer in a past life, um and so you have some some sensitivity to this uh, in terms of what lighting is most suited for events, but also uh, to make sure that the lighting that's provided also reflects nicely when you look at the pictures after the fact.
1: Right. So there's a couple things you need to look at for lighting. A lot of venues will have LED lights or colored lights that they can turn on and off for you, which will accent your decor. But if, you, especially if you're doing a black and white wedding or if white is one of your colors, you need to be aware if the lighting in the room is tungsten. And that's a technical term for photographers, but it, basically to the naked eye, it would look like yellow light. So what's going to happen is if you walk into your room with all of your white linens and all of your white roses and all of your white decor, you're going to walk in and you're going to see it look yellow. And now your photographer is going to change that for you. They're going to have the filters to be able to change that color temperature when they take that photo. So it's going to look white in the photos, but you may not even think about that as you're planning your white wedding. So that's definitely something. Take something white with you. If you know white is going to be your color, set it down on a table and look, does it look white or does it look yellow? And then you'll know maybe this isn't the right place or ask them, can they change the color temperature of their lights? And it's the same thing with fluorescent. If they have fluorescence, it's going to look green. So it's just a little something to be aware of. Your photographer will make it look white. But if you want that first impression to walk in and see white, you do need to keep that in mind.
2: Yeah. And also, like, if there there is a venue that did not provide those LED lights that are different accents or different colors to your uh, wedding, You can always have your DJ, you can rent those things and it's very easy and simple to do. So don't stress over all those details. Lights, LED lights, the color, the accents, you can always bring it from outside. And also with the lights, you always want to make sure that, of course, we talked about chandeliers and we're going to discuss more later when we talk about decor and the lights in our next episode. Uh, But we want to make sure that if you have amazing chandeliers in that ballroom, that could save you a lot of money on decor, plus the lights, if you have to get it extra, uh, if you had to pay extra to have somebody set it up for you. Okay, uh, so let's move
0: on to the setup of the wedding. Uh, several components there as well, you know, seating, uh, making sure that the stage layout is right.
1: Well, seat layout is definitely your number one concern. Um, that's why when you go into your venue, you need to have a ballpark figure of how many people you're going to have, because that's going to make a difference at the venue as far as what type of tables they're going to set up and how many people per table. A lot of them will have the banquet round tables that will fit 12 people very crowdedly. So you want to try to do 10 per table if you can, or if you have a huge group that could also do rectangle tables all the way around. And also if that's your vision for your reception to have a giant long table around everything with a giant dance floor in the middle, that's something you need to go into the venue knowing in your head what you want to see. Because then you need to relay that to
2: them as far as what can they do for you as far as their table setup. And also you want to make sure that you ask them that if you can mix match tables, like what kind of what different shapes of tables they can provide. Round, rectangle, square... Uh, If you want to attach tables, will they be able to provide all the linens and all the tablecloths for it? Those are the important things because if you want to mix match certain things, some of the venues may not be able to provide you with different linens that fits. What they will say is that, you know what, well, you need to work with your decor people, but that can add an extra cost because that at that point you will need to hire those particular size style linens, which can actually can be very pricey. So so do pay attention to that. Be a lookout for the, all those things. But your wedding planner will definitely guide you through, hoping that they are aware of that, if not something that you should do your homework, of course, at, at the same time.
1: Um, and this is another one also, if you have a stage set up for the bride and groom to be standing on while they're getting married, this happens also in traditional weddings as well as South Asian weddings. Sometimes you will have a stage. Where is that going to go? Some venues are so big that they like to put the stage in the middle and have a wedding in the round, so they say. Others will have the traditional aisle with everybody at the end. It's really, you should be able to have a say in how you want that to look. So whatever you have in your head, when you go to that venue, if you want the wedding in the round idea, make sure there's plenty of area and more of a square shape to the room or a round shape to the room as opposed to a rectangle, to make sure that that vision balances out and comes together for you.
0: So I understand chairs tend to be something of a big deal, Annie. Why, what's, the, what's the big deal all
1: about? Ah, uh, chairs. It should, it's the simplest thing to have at the wedding, and yet can be the absolutely most complicated
2: thing to get arranged. Why is that? Uh, every venue, like, of course, they provide chairs. But you do want to, you know, sit down. Ask them, are these the chairs they're going to provide at your day of your wedding or reception? Because you want to make sure those chairs are comfortable. Because chairs can be the smallest thing, but could be the most annoying thing at the end of the day if they're not comfortable. Uh, Because you're sitting and then you you want your guest. And you, when you get up, you want to be able to walk around, not feel sore. And chairs can do that. And there's
1: a trick, actually, to chairs. A lot of banquet halls will provide (laughs) chairs, but will charge you extra for the cushions. So when they bring a chair out for you to try, if it comes with a cushion, make sure you ask them if that cushion is going to cost you more. A lot of times that is hit a hidden fee in a contract that
2: they will not come out and tell you unless you ask. And you also want to make sure that you tell them when they give you those chairs that day, they all need to be cleaned, not nasty. Some of the time, like, of course, you're not going to go and check every single chair, but then you want to make sure that they are taking care of the cleanliness, uh, and not giving you something that maybe, uh, the food was dropped and they never cleaned it. And you just need to make sure that you're setting standards up front, and it's like in your contract when you actually do end up signing them for your, for your wedding. Some venues also will will provide slip covers for chairs, so definitely
1: ask them if that is an option. And if not, that is something you can ask your decorator for as well. And that will help also with the appearance of cleanliness and uniformness amongst your chairs when people walk in.
0: What is a slipcover?
1: So a slipcover is usually just a piece of fabric that they wrap around the chair. It can be any color
2: and it's form fitting to the chair and then usually ties in a bow in the back. And also you can look into Shivari chairs as well. Those are the very uh rustic antique looking chairs that comes in either gold or silver uh color accents. What That's, was that
0: term again? Shivari? Yeah, Shivari okay. chairs. Shivari chairs, and
2: okay. You wanna make sure and there are rental companies that just rent that out. Your decor people may not sometimes have it. Not all decor company have it, but you can always uh talk to your wedding planner and they can actually find that vendor who actually gives rents out just the chairs and And they do charge you like per chair and they will bring it the day of you have it for 24 hours and stuff. So you just need to make sure what the details are. You need to find that out. Okay.
0: So I've noticed even with chairs, they can often play a major role in the larger decor. And I've always been curious as to, you know, what the thinking is there. How do decorators perceive chairs and other, other assets that might be sitting in the room? How does that play into the larger picture?
1: Well, for a decorator, when they walk into the room, they want the ambiance of the entire theme to be shining through. And that is the main goal of the decorator. So depending on how your chairs look when you walk into a room, if they are simple, fold-down aluminum chairs, they're going to want to cover those with some kind of slipcover to make it match the ambiance of the room. If they have the nice Chivari Chivari chairs, they may not want to do that. They may be a part of some kind of Art Deco type decor, in which case it would be perfect. So that is definitely something to bring up with your decorator when you're talking to them. If you know what kind of chairs the venue has, let them know because they should be the ones to tell you, you know what, you might want to consider a slip cover or you might want to consider um, another type of cushion or some kind of bow on the back or flower lining or something to make that
2: chair match the decor and theme of the entire room. And also like some of the decor sort of speaks to, it It correlates with your chairs. So it reflects your decoration. Like your chairs, it reflects the, somehow it just works together. So chairs are very important. So even though you have slip covers and stuff for your chairs, you want to make sure what colors you're using the bows matter what color that they are. So if you want some everything like, you know, if you have amazing, amazing decor, you may want to just think of keeping the slip covers like gold. Uh and or um and keep the bow, bows gold as well. Uh or have a different color slip cover, but then have the bows different colored like gold. It depends. And also may I mention that the type of bow can also play a part. Yeah. You cannot even have a bow; just have a slip cover. Sometimes no slip cover, just a bow. So it's all those details that really you need to discuss. Uh, not really with the venue at that point; it becomes part of the decor. So when we talk about decor, we're going to discuss more about all those details.
0: So since we're on the topic of of decorators now, let's kind of switch gears and talk a little bit about um, what they're allowed to bring into the venue. Um, you know, some of this is dictated by the the nature of the location itself, its design, what the representatives at the venue will allow to be brought in, uh, what, what does uh, a bride need to think about, or what does a customer need to think about, and what is a wedding planner thinking about?
1: So for the most part, a venue is going to let you do pretty much anything you wanted to aside from set fire to the place. They will draw lines at fireworks, sparklers, even large candles. There are lines. So just be aware of that and ask. You know, if you if you really want to set off fireworks, is there an outdoor place that you can set off fireworks and is it legal in your state? Things like that. But for the most part, the venue is going to be very accommodating
2: if you ask and are up front with them.
0: And what about for the decorators?
2: So you always have to mention that, like when you go to a decorator, of course, you have to have your venue set before we select any of the, your other vendors for the wedding. So your decorator will definitely ask you, where is the venue? So they already know the restrictions of the venue. If they don't, that is the time when actually your venue people will definitely tell you these are the restrictions they have. <laughs> some of the venues have restrictions of you not even lighting any candles. And some some of the venues, like, you know, some venues that you want to have sort of a fixed note going or uh, all that stuff. Some venues will let you do it because it does hurt their flooring and stuff. And they want to make sure that, you know, it becomes liability if it gets the floor gets wet. So they have to worry about the guest. So some venues are equipped with all those things. There is an amazing venue in New York that they do that. And it is absolutely gorgeous. It's one of the best venues. We will talk about that venue and hoping that they will come on air and talk about those things. But that is actually the only venue who actually provide that in-house service. If you want those kind of services, like having fake snow in the summer, you want to have a winter wedding in summer. You can definitely do it, but then you have to hire outsiders, another vendor so who can provide that stuff for you. If you want to have a fountain, uh, in your uh, decor, well, those are the things that you need to ta- you need to make sure there are certain there are restrictions. Some people don't let you bring in that uh, fountain in. The portable ones and the move around ones that you can bring in, they don't let you do that mm. because of the water. Again, it becomes a liability issue. Some of the venues, uh, they don't even let you drive in. Some some couple, they want to come on a bike at the reception uh, uh, with their first entrance as a bride and groom, as a couple. They want to come on a bike or in a car, actually in the venue itself, in the ballroom. Some venues have big enough entrances where you can do that. Some can So those are the restrictions which your decor flows in with that. So your venue will tell you those restrictions ahead of time if they understand your themes, which you need to be very clear with them. And then your decor people, you need to tell your decor people what those restrictions are. So then everything can be designed and can be planned accordingly.
0: Now, and we talk about all the things that are possible, but in order to make these things possible... You also have to think about, and the location will will provide you this information about when these vendors are actually allowed to come in to do whatever setup they need to do.
1: Right. And you'd be surprised at the times that people are allowed to do that. Sometimes if you have an event the day before your wedding, the venue will open up at 2 a.m. after the reception of the previous event is over and allow your decorators in at that time, or they could even open up at 4 or 5 a.m. the morning of your event to let decorators
2: in at that time. But you have to be very tricky and be careful in that because some people do charge you extra for it to open up early and for the service, some people don't. So it really, really depends on that venue and the individual and your decor people, like how they comf- how comfortable they are with all those things. So it, it, it all depends on the venue and all the details that you talk about prior to signing a contract. Those are certain things you need to lay out. And you need to be aware of if you're doing it on your own. If you have a wedding planner, these are the things that they will make sure that talk about uh, because this is something they they know and understand that it's very important coming, you know, when it happens that day. Okay. So let's
0: turn our attention to you, the, the bride or the groom. What are the things that need to be looked out for to make sure you're taken care of or and that whether it's thinking about when the photos are taken or making sure that you have adequate space to do you know, your changes of clothing uh, or, I don't know, Annie, help me out here. Exactly,
1: exactly. Once you've done all of the pre-planning, you have to think about the day of. Does your venue offer a nice bridal suite and a groom suite for you guys to get ready in? Most importantly, are there bathrooms or running water or a sink or something nearby? <laughs> the last thing you want is your makeup person to have to run back and forth into your room in a bathroom, especially if it's all the way across a venue. You want those kinds of things to be conveniently located. and It'll save you time on the day of and save you some, your vendors a lot of stress running back and forth. Um, the other thing, photography. This will be... A- An issue with your vendor as well as your decorator. You want to make sure your your venue is opened early enough for the decorators to come in. But also some decorators may not want you to see their decorating until the moment of the actual wedding. So you need to be asking these questions. If you want the photographer to take pictures before the wedding, is that okay with your venue that you go in early to take those? In which case, what time will they let you in? An hour before the ceremony? Two hours before Make sure you ask them, but also your decorator
2: will they be ready to let you in an hour before to take those special photos? Because you understand everybody has their name on their, uh, you know, their want to keep because they're all in business. So it's certain standards that everybody holds. So as a decorator, they have an issue like if somebody's taking photos, that if their decora- decoration is not 100% ready, they want to make sure that the pictures you're taking. They're assuming that it's going to be everywhere on social media. They're using it for their own business as well as photographers. They want to make sure that it looks good because it speaks to their business as well. So there's certain things, but it's, it is a small communication that you just need to have. But we're going to talk more about all those things when we talk about certain like, details of the wedding in our future episodes.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that wraps up this episode, our first part in our two-part series on picking the venue. We've talked about choosing the location, making sure that's right for you, the potential from a decor perspective, and the wedding setup. There's still plenty more for us to get through, and we'll we'll get to all of that in the second part in this series. For now, I'm just going to say thank you all for listening in. Our music is by Jazar. I hope you enjoy it. Our website is www.weddingelegance.nyc. Or you can even go to our podcast webpage, which is the Big to Do podcast all lowercase one word, dot com. You can also get in touch with us by phone. Our number is area code 201 5174 Thank you for listening, everyone. Take care.